Welcome back, everybody. We're kicking off, uh, or we're ending our weekend. This is Sunday, even though this will be up tomorrow. But we're ending our weekend with yet another Canadian uh, actor. I love doing that. So I think you're the fifth, uh, uh, fifth or sixth interview that I've done this year already. And we're, you know, two Canadian actors for four American actors, the uh, wow. U.S. actors. So like the percentage is smaller. Usually it's about, you know, 30 to 40 percent of Canadian actors. So I'm going to try to work on it. So uh, please welcome to the program a wonderful uh, Canadian actor, theatrical. Uh, he's also done a ton of uh, stuff on screen. His voice I am absolutely in love with. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, some of the voiceover stuff that he's done. Please welcome Kyle McDonald. Hi, everybody. Hello. Yeah, uh, listen, and I, I mentioned this to you in a pre-chat, but you know, as I was listening to your voice, and uh, people, if you agree with me, please let me know and put it down below the video. But uh, your vocal quality is something really reminds me of uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. So uh, have, you've heard that before, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I did mention, there was a, a friend of mine who was kind of ribbing me, saying that uh, I'm the poor man's Benedict Cumberbatch. Listen, <laughs> my rates are much lower. So if you are looking for Benedict yeah. and you're on a budget, I am your man. And uh, that's that's where I was going with this because Benedict is very busy, so uh, that that should open up some doors for you. Hopefully, we'll we'll spread that if you want. Uh, you be the uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch alternative. Yes, that works for me. Also, I think my American dialect is just a hair better than his. He's very good, but I think I can edge him out on that. I think so. And then people have to pay less for travel because he is in the UK. Although I I, I think he's UK and LA. So uh, you're you're up north. It's easier for you to travel. You can be there. Yeah. Also, I'm just cheaper. You know, it's like hey, you know a meal. Okay, I'll do yeah. it for me. <laughs> this is how it is around here. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, now, where where in Canada are you uh, are you in? Are you in Toronto? Yep, I'm in Toronto. It's sort of uh, there's Toronto, uh, Montreal, and uh, Vancouver. These are the the major hubs. Uh, Vancouver's in the west coast. They're a little more LA connected. Uh, I'm not disinterested in working out there. Uh, Montreal, I love, but uh, I do speak French, but I'm not uh, full francophone, and it's very very cold there. And for me, that's a real deciding factor. Yeah, well, I'm in Chicago, so Toronto and Chicago are similar in terms of uh, kind of look and feel and weather. So it's snowing for us right now. I don't know if it's snowing for you there. You know, it is not. I don't want to talk too much about it because I'm personally thrilled about this. Uh, you know, it's the harbinger of the end and climate change and all that. But I am enjoying the fact that it's looking kind of like March out there. It's not so bad. Well, very nice. Well, I hope it stays that way for you. I don't know if the wind, you know. <laughs> through a, a whole year? Without yeah. snow, like oh, it's a miracle. It's it's the miracle we all need. Yeah. Have you been to Chicago? Because uh, you know, going to Toronto, I've been to Toronto I think three or four times, and uh, it reminded me of Chicago in in a lot of ways. Uh, have you uh, had similar experiences? I have not. Uh, I haven't had a chance to make it to Chicago. I've done New York, and I've done some of the Carolinas and Florida, and I've been to L.A. Uh, it's on the list. Just mm -hmm. uh, there hasn't been a lot of time for travel lately. Um, right. So. It's on the list. I'd love to go, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. you'll enjoy it. Uh, again, you're, you, you've done a lot of theater. Uh, you, know, you obviously have a, uh, have a very strong voice. So, uh, you know, there is a lot of, uh, there is the civic opera here in Chicago that you may enjoy. There are a lot of theaters here you like. And then it'll remind you of uh, Toronto, at least the lakefront uh, portion of it, because uh, it has a similar feel. So I think you like it. 
Yeah, I mean, any, I would love to. There's also, I'm building a few shows of my own that I would love to tour. So, I mean, if Chicago will have me, I will gladly go. Yeah, well, there are lots of theaters. And uh, once they yeah. open up, hopefully uh, that'll become a possibility for you. <clears throat> so, uh, speaking of uh, of you building things, and let's let's kind of uh, put things in buckets. You know, sure. uh, actors, uh, some actors tend to specialize, some actors uh, go all across the spectrum. From my research on you, you seem to go all across the spectrum from voiceover, commercials, uh, theater, uh, singing, so musical uh, theater. And I, I don't know if I would uh, if I would be correct in saying this, but opera, because yes. I, you do opera and yep. then uh, your know, on-screen stuff. So you kind of go the full gamut. Uh, do you dance? Is that is that the only <laughs> you know, that is the one thing I don't like doing? I really don't like dancing. Uh, and every time, there's a, I, I have been moved into opera in the last five or six years, which I'm enjoying. And there's a company that I like to work with, but the director just loves making his performers dance and it just drives me crazy. And also doing a lot of Shakespeare. You can't get through a Shakespeare without like doing a, a, a minuet or a gavotte or something, right? I'm like, oh man. So I don't, and I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. All right. Well, then there's one thing that you don't do, uh, or at least prefer not to. So, yeah. uh, let's let's start breaking that gamut down. Sure. And um, what is your preference? Is there a preference, or you kind of like moving around uh, and you enjoy all aspects? You know, uh, I like it all. And I started as an actor, and it's something I wanted to do since I was like five years old. I just mm -hmm. whatever it was, I just loved it. And I, I've sort of been looking at why. I mean, why anyone loves it. Some people like to do it because uh, they can express themselves, right, in a way in a way that's not them. And I think there's something to that. Mm -hmm. uh, and others do it because they express themselves perfectly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you've you've done some acting. Obviously, you love it. So, what is it about acting that you love? Uh, for me, the acting, the love of acting, started with. Um being when I was a kid because that's that's when it started for me I knew that I was an actor I knew that that was going to be my life and that's the only thing I was going to focus on uh, and then other things came but um, with acting it was the ability to be somebody else um, and play different characters and try out things that are outside of uh, kind of my norm and then it evolved into a deeper understanding of being an actor allows me to kind of live multiple lives in one uh, because I will not be, you know, a doctor in this lifetime. I will not be a lawyer in this lifetime. I will not be a firefighter in this lifetime. I will not be in, you know, 18th century France in this lifetime. Uh, allowing myself to kind of step in and put that on and experience a different lifetime into one. So that became kind of the, the, the aspect that I enjoyed uh, the most. So that was my love of acting and where it comes from. How about you? Yeah, I know. I think that's I think that's dead on. That sense of, um, in, in a way, being able to do anything, uh, and in the limited time that we have, and you know, in a sense, it's like all the the best parts, right? You get yeah. to play a doctor on TV, and you know, as one of those actors, you will get to learn a lot about medical industries you go through, but you skip like the six years, and then then then, then, then you know, it's like all the fun stuff, right? <laughs> Uh, but there is that, yeah, that sense of, and you know, we sort of talk about all the different things that I'm doing, mm -hmm. and I wonder if that's just sort of the root of the same impulse, like how many things can I get my hands dirty with, right? Yeah. Uh, 
and oftentimes we have these desires and we kind of retroactively try to apply meaning to them and sometimes they're just there that's uh, yep. your instruction so that yeah and i also want to get your opinion on this so yeah because that's kind of old school acting right that's mm -hmm. like the the chekhov school where you'd really go in and do character work and mm -hmm. that does still exist and i'd say it exists a little more on stage but we see on camera yep now that it's not and maybe i'm wrong but this is what i'm seeing it's not as open to you as a performer exploring the various different kinds of anything right yeah um because it's it's all industry it's money uh driven so there is a particular formula that they're trying to hit yeah. and then the person there is an actor that fits well into that formula and that's what they want so whether the actor is just being themselves or they're stepping a little bit outside of it or they're incredible and at you know separating themselves and being that uh, character that people think is themselves and that's what they play with but oftentimes you don't get a chance to do that so what you do is you do indies and then in indies or you write your own material and that's where you really get a chance to kind of explore and play because only a few of the top actors really get a chance to be character actors yeah. uh, I started out wanting to be character actor uh, and I found that in auditions that was actually working against me because it, they're not interested in you being a character they're just interested in who are you are you a good guy can you do it are you believable in this particular role especially yeah. when it comes to co-stars or any anything small you know kind of uh, roles that just move the story along um, don't don't really go full out because they don't need to see your age they need you walk in are you uh, somebody who i can believe is a business person yes are you a dad yeah i believe that okay moving on right they don't have time they don't need to explore it so there are very few projects right now kind of in big productions that uh, allow character actors to uh, to work so that's where the indies come in that's why i love indies yeah and so that's a great point too and that's sort of the reason i, I sort of inevitably i've been drawn down the course of making a lot of my own material yeah. i mean as a younger man uh you know actually i started out pretty well in theater and i booked some stuff early out of mm -hmm. school but i had the voice and it wasn't quite what it is now but it wasn't far off mm -hmm. uh and i was also kind of a weird kid too <laughs> because uh like i was i was like 30 pounds lighter and I had this voice and I just, Ooh. just nothing made sense. Yeah. And so I'm like, I love to go for the character stuff. They're like, yeah, but you're like 20, you look like a fetus and there's just no way this is going to work for you. And I was like, but, and so it's like all these years where I was just sort of, and that's why Shakespeare worked really well for me because yeah. it's timeless in a way, right? Like it's, it's all very weird to begin with. So people yes. who look strange or strange sounds or like things don't connect so well, it's like a real asset. Yeah. But in terms of television, I, I, it's just, People are like, what? And if they don't know you, you know, obviously we all have a different time. But of that sense of being you and what that means is so interesting to me Ooh. because, uh, you know, oh, I'm happy to go down the, the theoretical road here. But I remember I was doing a few on-camera classes because I'm like, okay, I want to I want to refresh my knowledge. You're like, what's going on? And the takes where I was actually myself, that's yeah. when I got the most notes to like stop it. They're like, that's way too this or let's do that. I'm like, okay, you know, we, I'm happy to refine. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's the, this is a trap though, because if I do me, there's very few things it works for. And that might be true of all of us, right? We're all different instruments. I don't know if you found this, 
there's mm. very few things that work for me. Like if I like, you know, when you go for a daily role or for like a, a, an actor, like a few lines, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're not the lead of the damn show. Just do your job. Stay mm -hmm. your lines and get out. Um, but even like I go for a lot of cops because I kind of have the look. Yeah. And then it just like that's weird. Like I'm just just being me, you know. So then you got to put on a thing, and they're like, well, but there's this other guy here who's just like that thing. So yeah. like there's all these interesting layers where if you're dealing with character in mm -hmm. a sense like you said it's kind of it can be kind of a hindrance and obviously once you develop and people get to know you they're more willing to take the risk yeah but, i mean and speaking with other people on this program and speaking with actors generally have you found that people have observed this or is there any trends that you've seen yeah, I think so. In terms of auditioning, the trend that definitely has has come out is that, and uh, again, this is this is not a kids program, so we can use the appropriate language. Uh, the actors that seem to start booking uh, get to a point of uh, don't give a fuck. That's yeah. that, that's that plateau where you say I don't worry about what it is that the casting director is looking for. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it the way that I see it, and that's it. So you're not being a jerk about it. You're being professional, but you make your choices. You have multiple choices, and you can take direction uh, because you know hopefully you'll get uh, you'll get some comments and uh, get an opportunity to to do it differently. But you need to get to a point where this is mine. I own it. I'm coming in. I'm doing it, and I'm going to be happy with it. And that that's where the people start booking. So a lot of the a lot of the acting classes and everything else become actually a hindrance because we have so much crap put onto us that it's hard to decipher and hard to really kind of be true and be grounded and be you. And that's where the other side emerges of forget everything and just be you. Be you, be believable in this particular circumstance. So then the actors start asking themselves the question of who is me? Uh, and, and which which part of me? Because me is is something that changes over time, and uh, it yeah. changes based on how I feel and what happened to me yesterday. And you know, I I just got stuck in traffic and I'm running late. So that me is that the version that they want to see? So you get in your head, and then it's uh, it's it's really difficult to get out. So what I have done, and this is my particular approach, when I approach characters, I go back to something that. God, I forget his name all the time. I'll, I'll remember. Uh, a you know wonderful Oscar-winning actor who uh, who gets complimented on you know all of these varied characters that he plays, and he says, "People, I, I appreciate the compliments, but this is just me, right? These are different aspects of me. That's all I'm doing. I'm not trying to create something outside of myself. This is all within." Uh, so I took that, and then another comment that I received from uh, from a, a friend of mine who is not in the, in the acting world. And when she was looking at kind of my auditions and stuff, she's like, you know what? I mean, these are, these are good, but I would just want to watch you. You're, you're an interesting person. I want to watch you on camera. I don't need to see something else. I'm like, you know what? Okay, getting back to who I am. And then I found a way to kind of meld that together. So what I do and my approach to character work is I start looking at you know what is needed right who is this you know man that i'm going to be playing and then or auditioning for and then i go into uh myself so i kind of look at it as a tree right so there's the tree this is me this is my you know reality with all of my branches and then i find a 
time in the past where something could have happened and instead of going this way i would have gone this way and then i would have become that person that i'm going to be playing so i find that alternate reality version of me and that allows me to continue being grounded continue being myself continue knowing exactly what my circumstances are but then the emotions and all of the history and imagination work is so easy because yeah you know what if i dated this particular girl her dad was in the military then uh, i would have joined the military because he would have been that career and uh, we would have gotten married the whole thing just kind of uh, spaces out and all of a sudden the alan that i know in an alternate reality feels like an alan who is a major in the uh, in the army and i live that and it's very easy to snap into that and it's very easy to snap back out which is my other thing of right you put on heavy characters how the hell do you get out of them uh, <laughs> so it's easy because i know this is me this is an alternate version okay i know how to get there so when people are saying be yourself i am myself i'm just the altered version of myself that still feels real so that way i can still act and i can still put on stuff and i can add and i can remove things that don't make sense but i'm still basically me because i look like me yeah, you're, you're, yeah. so when when i walk into a room people are uh, going to be receiving that information of okay he looks like this i would buy him as this this and this before i say anything right so i can't do anything about that nor do i yeah. want to because me yeah. is me right and it's different from everybody else so then it's just how do I connect to that particular character and how do I make it grounded? So that over time, you know, over whatever 140 something interviews that I've done, that started to emerge as an approach. And then I used it in order to audition. Uh, I don't know if I booked those roles, but I know that when I submitted them and when I was looking at the footage, I saw three distinct characters that I buy. Yeah. And to me was okay. That that works. That's all I need. Yeah, and and I you know that's just, that's the thing I discovered as well is that sense of uh, when I was younger, and it's also it's harder too because like this is good for younger actors to know. Mm -hmm. uh, and I found that you know I'm a little older. When I was coming up, there was still some of that stage tradition, still some of that old character tradition. Now yeah. film has become hypernatural. I think, and yeah. I, you probably agree, right? People are like talking like someone's this far away. Uh, and so it's all very subtle and very fine. Um, and in a sense, it's like you only have the thing that you are, right? And I think as you develop over time and you collect experience and, and uh, understanding about relationships, it, it does get a little easier because you have more to draw from. And, I, and that's good, what you're saying, because, like, you know, I hang out with a lot of young performers, and there's a lot of them. Uh, because schools are just pumping them out, and everyone wants to be an actor. And it's like this crazy stuff, like, uh, I think the most recent stats about this are uh, in millennials, young millennials in iGen, their top listed profession is YouTube influencer. Mm -hmm. So there's a real thirst for fame and notoriety going, you know, it's not necessarily new. And I think with us, it started we're like, yeah, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be a rock star. Right. And then the grind slowly it gets to you. So to them, it hits them really hard. It's like, well, guys, look, there's a ton of people in the market, more than there has ever been before. Yeah. And honestly, like you just have to, exactly what you said, you just have to find what you are, which I think is the work of acting, honestly, and art in general. 
Yeah. Uh, the reason I went to theater school, and I don't recommend it for everybody, mm -hmm. uh, but what was really good for me was that it I really had to sit and like go through my neurons, mm -hmm. right? How do I like who am I? How do I work with this? And there was a lot of discoveries that I made there that I'm like, oh wow, because I would do scenes and they're like, we want you to be more vulnerable. I'm like, okay. I literally had no idea what that meant. Yeah. It was just there was experiences or, like that I didn't just have access to in my being. Right. And it's frustrating for them. But I'm like, I'm just being me, man. But <laughs> over time, I was able to make those connections like, oh, that's what that's about. And again, that's that's part of aging. But to the young ones, I always say, look, it's a real race. The best thing to do is start the second you're out of the womb. You know, mm -hmm. but if you don't have that, figure out who you are. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, and do it again. And Ooh. then, like you said, you got to let it go. It's like, eh, no, no fucks given. You go in, you do your thing, and you're like, that, that was that. Mm -hmm. And the reality is there's going to be years of dry. It's going to could be many years of dry. They're yep. going to be, you might have to have another job. In fact, you probably will. Yep. You know, like it's just, it's a, it's a very tough reality. I, you know, I don't want to be a downer about it. And I love talking about it, but it's like really though, like I really want people to understand, like it it doesn't, you don't just start out at the top in most cases. Yeah, uh, it's it's very few people, and you know, I I I grew up playing tennis. Tennis is my my sport. I was good at it. I wasn't good enough to be a pro, but I thought you know certain things that I had were professional level. Other things were not. And then like in any sport, if you're not focused on this, if you're not doing this you know, three, four hours every day yeah. with professionals who are going to get you to that next level, it's just not going to happen. And even if you do that, it's likely not going to happen. But even if I did all of that and I wasn't in the top 100 uh, of the players in the world, which is a incredible thing to achieve, yeah, I wouldn't be making money. No. Uh, so acting is the same thing. Yeah. There are millions of actors out there uh there are millions of talented people out there how many people actually make a living at this and a living that allows them to actually have savings and ability not to work for a year when it's COVID and be okay with that there are hundreds yeah. and yeah. that's it yeah that's it. so that's the reality yeah. and once people understand that reality then the question is why do you do it and you, you yeah. look, like why do you love it because it's either you or it's not. And if it's not a part of who you are and you're doing this for you know reasons like fame or something that is not kind of just ingrained in you of, I cannot not do it. Yeah. If I don't do it, then a part of me is missing. Then yeah. you just go do something else. You'll be happier. And member of society so i you're either like I, I always go back to this and you know my audience has heard this before but uh in high school one of my best friends at that time was about to go on a date and you know he knew that you know i am i'm a gentleman i am you know this sensitive type i'm the you know the the guy that knows how to open doors and do things so um he set me down he's like dude okay i have a date in half an hour you know teach me how to be a gentleman like okay you either are or you're not you know i can tell you to open the door you know and i can tell you to hold her hand i can tell you to you know uh, put the chair uh, uh you know help the lady to the chair but you're not going to become a gentleman 
uh, you either are or you're not. Same thing with acting. You either are or yeah. you're not. And then the other things are luck, hard work, and opportunity. Yeah. So okay, that's interesting. Let's follow that thread a little bit. Uh, this yeah. is a, like there's been so many things on which I've changed my mind almost to a 180 in the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Part of my thing is like I like getting into a lot of trouble with different stuff. So I love art. I love literature. And again, my thing. And people will ask like, what's the best thing to be an artist? I'm like, read, read the great works and read about interesting things you know nothing about so my big thing has been like physics biology social science uh chemistry i'm like mm, that's not going to happen for me but like geology so all the sciences i you know in, in another life i want to be a scientist but it's not going to happen i'm okay with that i'm happy to read it but a lot of the stuff about personality sciences absolutely enthralled me because it really starts to make clear why some things are in us and some things aren't. Like, I'll, here, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Uh, okay, did you ever watch Luke Cage? Yeah. Okay, that lead actor, that beautiful man. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I hope you get him on the show, but he's he so is I... so handsome and so charming and he's so kind. Yeah. And like, he's a real presence, but I don't know if he's ever been murderously angry one day in his life. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, and again, I see him and I'm like, I don't know if that's in him. Now, you know, it's a show and we're okay with that. But you look yeah. at someone like Daniel Day-Lewis mm -hmm. and almost anything, but uh, there will be blood. Yeah. And the stare he gets after yeah. the guy confesses, sorry, spoilers, but it's been like a decade, so too bad. The, <laughs> the look he gets after the brother confesses he's not his brother, mm -hmm. I'm like, there's a man yeah who has experienced a day in his life where he like yeah. plotted through killing someone now i'm not saying he did it of course yeah. not like this is the thing we have to be able to go to ugly ugly places right yeah. i remember when i was developing i was doing this play called tis pity she's a whore <laughs> this is the great dude the era after shakespeare's brilliant but there's this era after shakespeare where it's like poetry but it's like pornography of violence it's like Stephen King meets Shakespeare. It's amazing, crazy what? stories. This one's about this woman who uh, basically is, it's this weird plot where she's in love with this guy and this other dude is like her suitor and she has to marry him. And there's like then an affair and she gets somebody to be Just all these, they're insane. So this one, uh, you know, I was the husband who, okay, this is, it was Romeo and Juliet with twins, okay? Sure. So the twins were in love yeah actually like illicitly first you know right so it's like romeo and juliet with twins you're like what that's the type mm -hmm. of stuff so read it it's amazing so mm -hmm. i was the husband to this unfortunate twin affair and there's this one this big blowout scene where he just is just like how could you do this da, da, da. and i had all the anger for that but there's a lot of like the heartbreak that i was mm -hmm. missing and mm -hmm. i honestly took a damn weekend to just mm -hmm. like roll on my floor and be like, oh, the things people, right? Like trying to find a way to open those circuits of like just the deep, deep pain. And it actually worked, right? And from there it developed, but it's like, that wasn't necessarily available to me before. So there's obviously some plasticity, but personality science uh, and why there's certain things that are really hard for me mm -hmm. and then other things for others that are super easy, right? Like the Luke Cage example, like that guy, I'm sure his compassion, I'm like, I would have to work to get there. Not that I'm not necessarily a discompassionate person, but I'm a little harder. Right? I'm a little more in the Christian Bale camp style of actors. Uh, you know, sometimes 
you're like, ooh, there's some real shards back there. Uh, and the, the movie I did with Bobby, who you interviewed, The Market, was this kind of volatile, like psychopathic character. And, Chris <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. But he, so in a sense, and I would, you know, I'd love to put them side by side. And he's obviously it's amazing work. And it's our humble little, our humble little feature. But mm -hmm. you said earlier, taking, not taking it home. Mm -hmm. That was interesting. Mm -hmm. I lived with that role for about four years on and off. Yeah. And I would be at the gym and my friends would be like, are you on cocaine? I'm like, no, man, I don't do drugs. I don't do those. Right. But I was so even emotionally. Yeah. It was, it can, it re, for sure reforms some of my neurons. It lives with you. Um, uh, sorry, I've, I've gone off now, but personality science mm -hmm. and how, in a sense, you can, you have to play to what you are. Yeah. And then I think you can start to branch. There's this idea uh, that a lot, and I, you know, I've dated young actors and I have young actor friends, and there's this idea that you have to be everything. That, yeah so for you you're like that's ridiculous i'm like yes it is but to a 22 year old or 24 year old based on the academy or whatever there's this idea that you have to be able to do it all i'm like it's just not feasible so find out who you are what you're good at and nail that and then you know when people trust you you can start trying to round it out it's like when i did voiceover I started with this. When I started, I was 24. My yeah. competition was 60. Yeah. But I managed to carve out a path there, but no one would hear me for anything except this. Yeah. And it took about 12 years of getting casting directors to like me that I could be like, hey, maybe I can try out my suburban dad voice, right? And we could get this guy going. You know, he's like 32. He's got like one and a half kids. He's got a minivan. Like he has a little cottage, right? And some other things and then they started listening so i ended up and it doubled my the amount i could have but they wouldn't hear it before yeah. so yeah. you know the advice portion is maybe this has been covered but mm -hmm. find out you do you and then once you get everyone's trust i think you can start to really push the boundaries which is kind of sad because you want to play right yeah that's that's the thing right and that's where i come back to indies do indies yeah, yeah. If you're in acting because you want to make a lot of money, get out of acting. Uh, because if if you want to have the opportunity to play with stuff, go do student films. Go do yes. go do all sorts of things that are readily available to you. You're not going to make money at all, or you're going to make very little money, but yep. it'll be good for your development and it'll be good for your soul. So yeah. that. But I completely agree with you. I had Gerald Webb on. Uh, and I think it was Gerald Webb who kind of uh, uh, used that phrase first for me anyway. Uh, he said, own the box. When Gerald came out, they all wanted him to play cops and FBI, and that was his box. And he wanted to do other stuff. And he said, you know what? If this is how you see me, I'm going to own this box. And then once you own the box, then you can start going outside of it because people know you, they trust you, they want to give you other stuff, which is what he does for other people as well. He, he enjoys, now as a producer, uh, he added that to his repertoire, he enjoys giving people an opportunity to do other roles that have nothing to do with what the box is. And yeah. that allows them, uh, because he was, he was doing a lot of films that would be, let's say, B 
uh, kind of uh, level uh, movies and he was getting stars for them. The way that he was getting stars is because he allowed them to do something that they don't normally get cast to do. Uh, so that's where I, he's the guy, you know, behind Sharknado and all the other movies. Gerald <laughs> <laughs> is awesome. I love Gerald. Uh, by the way, you know, for, for actors, guys, the one of the interviews that you should really listen to or watch, uh, depending if you're podcasting or watching on YouTube, is Gerald Webb. Uh, I will link it to this video, so check it out as well, because these are the types of conversations we're having. So um, I'm going to make a note, Gerald Webb, link before I forget. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I see your cat in the background. He's, uh, he's, he's uh, trying to steal the show here. I'm like, buddy, you're out of frame. Yeah. What's, what's your cat's name? His name is Acheron. Acheron, all right. Acheron, which is the uh, tributary river that flows from the upper world down into Hades. Uh, yeah. I was thinking of sticks, but then that's the band. And yeah. the other rivers of hell are Cocytus and Phlegathon. So I'm like, Acheron it is. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Who's my cat? Cocytus. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You don't have a lot of friends. I'm like, not anymore. That's awesome. Uh, so, okay, we were talking about producing a little bit. Did you want to <laughs> move on to that? Or actually, it looked like you had a thought that it was budding. So why don't you let that blossom? The thought that keeps coming back to me again, as you know, I, I can I can only imagine you being a you know a young kid with that voice and not being able to uh, to kind of get as many jobs as you should have been getting uh, outside of you know voiceover. Yes. But where the thought that kept always coming back to me throughout this interview is that your whole career is ahead of you because you're growing into that voice, and yes. the older you get, the more it's going to play and the more opportunities you're going to be getting. So. You know, voiceover should be something that you will be able to do for the rest of your life. Uh, and then, you know, on screen, uh, obviously theater, but on screen should be more and more and more for you as you get older. I hope so. I mean, this is the, and this is the the, the great, it's kind of a catch-22, but the yeah. sunk cost fallacy, right? You know, I've thought about it a few times. Look, I've, the last few years have been very good to me. So I'm not mm -hmm. going to complain. In a sense, like, I'm not a star, uh, but I am making my living off yeah. being a Right. And it's mostly voiceover, but there's other stuff, too. So I'm not living spectacularly, but I'm a grinder. And it's like, OK, there is something here. And I'm not opposed to taking on other jobs that they come my way. But right now I'm OK. So it's like always this question, like, yeah, you're, you're right. We have the rest of our lives, essentially. And you just never know. Everyone's like, oh, Morgan Freeman didn't do stuff. He was like 3000 years old. I'm like, well, I have a feeling he was probably around before that. But the point is taken. Right. And yeah. you just never know. And that's the thing. So I think your approach of like, look, make peace with the fact that you may not make a living yet. Mm -hmm. Go out there, do it. And yeah. if it catches, it catches. Yeah. And then problem solved. And if not, you presumably got yourself another career, et cetera, that pay the bills, keep the lights on, keep yourself fed, raise a family. Right. You know, have a family. There's a, don't underestimate the, the joys that can break, right? Yeah. Um, so yes, aging into it, let us hope. Uh, yeah, voiceover's been kind, of course. Whoa, he's weighing in. What's going on? Well, he wants to do a do it. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Wow, okay. that listens to you? That's awesome. No, and people can be like, could you just get back to the interview, please? I'm like, meet my cat. Hello. Hi. Oh, my Very good. Okay, okay. Uh, yes, you're right. You never know. And so this is why it's what I tell them. Like, you got to love it, but get mm -hmm. another job. I know this is like the downer stream, but I don't know. I don't know if people are talking about it. 
this is the reality stream and this is why okay. it's here one of the yeah. first questions and yeah, we'll come back to you in a second but one of the first questions i asked uh, um, the first interview that i had was with michael costro and uh, one of the questions was okay let's talk reality right you've been in a ton of stuff you keep booking we've seen you everywhere are you making a living at this and if it stops are you going to be okay right it's the reality it's not a downer people need to understand what the life is really like if they choose to pursue it and people who are in the industry already know this to be true and sometimes they need to hear it because they may get lost in the process so please continue yeah, and i think it's important and not, there's the down element but it's actually letting yourself off the hook like there's a real we won't spend too much time on this because i think we'll talk about more interesting things but this is our public service announcement part of the of the the, the cast right uh especially to younger performers there's no shame in mm -hmm. having a job or a side job it's yeah. just the way it's going to be and transitioning to the producer phase now the mm -hmm. thing i've noticed and you know what i probably suffered from this a bit too and it's a lesson i wish i had learned a bit younger because uh, some of my success in theater, et cetera, is not entirely to do with the mismatch. It's I was a fairly brash person, and I wasn't always aware of how sensitive other people are. It just mm. didn't occur to me. And that's one of the things that I've learned in time. Like, oh, Facebook actually really taught me how th there's a storm sometimes in people's heads. Yeah. And I just didn't know. So I would just ride rush shot, like ha, 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 galloping along. People like, why are you yelling? I'm like, I'm not, I'm just speaking. Right? Just I was like, this is a great time, but they're like, oh, they need medication. Right. So I've learned to dial that shit down. Yeah. But now being on the other side of the table, there is a fatal entitlement that a lot of young people have, right? Mm -hmm. And we're dealing with it in the opera world. We're dealing, it's a little more in theater than I would say film, though it's certainly still there. The sense that you're owed anything has to evaporate. Right. Uh, it seems obvious to say, but everything in life tells us that mm -hmm. young people are entitled to everything. It's not their fault, right? Every message, every show, uh, teachers have no authority, da 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 da, da all the way down the line. We're like, kids, you guys rule everything, which is cool because being young is great and we want to give us ourselves opportunities. Yep. But it comes with the danger of not understanding how much work it takes to get anything off the ground. And I encourage every young artist to do this. Make a short film. Yeah. Okay. Make a short film. It's going to cost you a few hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. If you know, you, you can you can find kids in school, you can find active friends, okay, you can do it for free, put it together, produce it, really. And then watch the bills stack up when you go to submissions, right? And then watch, you got to feed people. And you start to see all these little things. Even if you're just like, let's just do it on the weekend, man. You're like, okay. Now imagine you have 100 people doing that. Yeah. You get a sense real quickly of what priorities are. And it actually comes in, well, like, I don't know if I can do these dates, but maybe we can do these dates. And like, after 6 p.m. is not okay for me. I'm like, okay, look, there has to be some room for that. Okay, I'm like, okay, look. Uh, we're willing to negotiate but like can you make the shoot days well on the shoot day i have like a 7 p.m so i have a hard out and i'm like unless you're jennifer anderson i'm sorry it's not yeah. gonna work out. Mm -hmm. and you start to see that in the audition room the sense that people go in and the, the expectation now again a lot of people are nervous i don't want them to project anything or be even more nervous but the idea that you should be hired or you are owed being hired 
if you have this feeling, erase it immediately. Yeah. Because you'll start to find that people like you more. <laughs> it's a crappy thing to say, but when they do, a producer wants someone who's going to make their life easier. All right. And I'm now an emerging like middle grade producer. I've received my first grant for an opera I'm putting up. I want to put it up this year, but I'm probably going to have to push. Thank you. Uh, you know, the pressure's on and I'm not paying nearly as much as I would. Of course. I'm, it's look, it's decent. It's pretty good. I want more. But there's a lot of shortcuts I have to take and there's a lot of like people I have to assuage and it's it's a it's a very complicated thing. And the performers who start to like like there was one great singer I wanted to work with and she just kept giving me well, I teach that week. I'm like, yeah, okay. But so we have three shows and one week before we have to do our staging rehearsals. Okay. So the nice thing about opera kind of is people know the music already. And you yeah. come in and blast through. Now, this particular opera, there's a lot of sword fighting, so I need them for a little more. Everyone knows that. But she was like giving me those. And I'm like, look, I respect that. You have a business and you built it. But yeah. I can't take you here because I can't have my second lead mm -hmm. away for 30% of rehearsals. I just can't do that. Yeah. So, mm, right? Mm -hmm. But again, then you're like, but but you just told me to get a job. I'm like, I know. That's I know. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, Here's the, yes. just to your point, here's the person you're looking at, this person who lost a, a job that was paying me $80 an hour. It was remote gig, and I lost it because I needed to make time for auditions. And I needed to, uh, you know, figure things out, and my mind was elsewhere, and I lost that job. This is, you know, by the time me as an actor makes a hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year, may never ever come. But I lost that job because of acting. So just you understand, it's not an easy thing to do. And no. then if family on top of that, yep. you. You live in a secondary market, like yeah. all these things start to pile up. So you just figure out of what can I do, what can I not do, and be okay with it. So yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, I mean, films. Uh, there's a bit of an advantage there. I mean, the real key is making time for the audition, right? Mm -hmm. That's the real key. Now you can do that with another job because you can pop mm -hmm. out over lunch. And now you know the one silver lining, perhaps, to all this COVID rubbish is that self tapes are probably going to become the norm. For the most part, I think they are. Uh, and you, you know, do that after work, right? Now, I have some problems with that. I think it's good to get new talent in the room with the casting director for many reasons. Yeah. But an alternative is also this, and you know, we'll see what the fallout of that is. So, I think there is a bit of a silver lining coming, uh, and I think more and more things like live performance are going to have to start accommodating the fact that people are gonna have day jobs, right? And so I think there, there may be an industry shift there because again, like you said, there's like a hundred people or maybe, you know, a thousand, whatever. And America's a pretty big market and you have a lot of stars there. So there's probably, you know, a few thousand who are doing pretty well, but that's still nothing comparatively to everyone else who's struggling. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I just wanna like get the job guys, like have nice clothes, eat. Like mm -hmm. visit your damn friends and family because if you're just like miserable and crooked and cranky and as the Scottish say, from when you go into the, the audition room, you're just gonna be like right? Like I know. 
so I, I hope I hope there's some alleviation there for young people because it's a real it's a tough thing. So okay, anyway, I belabored that point enough. Yeah, uh, it's it's a grind, but that's again, I there's a part of that that I really appreciate because this business will really filter out people who shouldn't be in the business. Yeah, uh, um, and that part of it I really enjoy because it's this is not linear there is nothing here that we can say you do this you're going to become a success nope the only things that make sense are work really hard be really into it know that it's going to take a while and continue working continue being a professional and then eventually something may and likely will happen to a certain degree that's about it yeah. So that's it. Uh, that is it. Um, so, uh, okay, let's talk a little bit more about schmacting, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to throw something out there. Mm -hmm. the, so, being ourselves, mm -hmm. yes, but not entirely, right? Not entirely. Mm -hmm. Because, for example, I mean, on camera itself has yeah. its own craft. Mm -hmm. So what has your experience been sort of figuring out how that works? And what like what do they do differently? Like here we are just, you know, we're shooting the breeze and I'm yeah. gesturing a lot and I'm raising my voice and like making faces. Like this is not something I would do on camera. Yeah. Maybe depending on the frame of the character, like if it were a much wider frame, I might be like, wah, but probably not. So in a sense, it's like, this is how I'm just being when I'm relaxing. But yeah. we know that we can't exactly transition precisely yeah. who we are so what is what is your experience with that uh it it really varies and it varies on director and it varies on a project uh i grew up uh you know loving the style of acting that uh jim carrey used to do yeah. which is big so that's what i wanted to do because it's fun uh and that that was my kind of uh, kind of approach so I come from the that style of acting, and Jim Carrey is incredibly uh, impressive as an actor. Uh, oh, he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He can go incredibly small and like be Robin Williams, right? Yeah, and, and he can right Robin the same 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 idea. Uh, so you know, this is what I wanted to be on screen, and I quickly realized that no, that's not what they're <laughs> looking for. But, yeah. I had that experience <laughs> the day you're like whoops <laughs> on camera I had an opportunity to go big and that's where kind of it really it really varies so one of the characters my favorite character I've ever played was in a student uh, you know indie where I had to play somebody who's a coke addict uh, he's a sex uh, uh, sex addict he is a motivational uh, speaker and a spokesman for a ED uh, uh, medicine. So this guy is all of this being true for you. Yeah, it's it's perfect casting. It's it just you know they looked at me and I said you're the guy. Yeah, uh, it's like if you took out the cocaine, you might not have the ED. Just putting it out there. <laughs> but this this guy was perfect, and it gave me finally an opportunity to just go big because that's who he was so i could do my full-on uh thing what i quickly realized by the way from a technical perspective is you think you're going huge when you're on camera and you're watching it you're about 
40% to 50% less than what you think you were. Mm. So uh, that part kind of blew my mind because I, I thought that I was way bigger than I needed to be. And I was just doing it, having a lot of fun with it. And when it, uh, when I was watching it, it was definitely not as big as, uh, oh. as I was. So uh, on camera, basically, right? It depends yeah. on that. And you alluded to that, right? So if it's a wide shot, you can go bigger. Yeah, and then the closer it gets, the yeah. more it's internal is in the eyes and you can't really do anything else. So um, the way that I have been working with it in my limited experience, and then you know my immersion into the world just by doing the show and talking to people who are doing this uh, at a much greater level is, know who you are, remind yourself of the technical aspects of the shot, of the lighting, of the people in it. You have to be proficient and you have to have that experience. Yeah. But then just dive in into that life of whoever you are and be that kind of, it's, you can be thinking about it all the time because then you're not in it. So that yeah. part of you that says, okay, I need to put an emphasis on this word, or I need to make sure that these are my lines. Like if that part of you is too much, then the performance is going to suffer. So you have to be prepared. You have to be professional. You have to be experienced in the technical aspects of everything that's happening, the type of shot, you know, where you are, who you're talking to. And the only way that I found that all of that works for me is to remind myself and have reminders. Before uh, I start a scene, it's that, okay, let me close my eyes. All right, who am I? Why am I here? What am I trying to achieve? Who's my person? Okay, getting back into it, good. Okay, I'm there, right? If I don't remind myself, there's so much chaos on set. Mm. You may be shooting overnights. Yeah. You are, you're doing I, a, you, a shot and then it's an hour before you're doing uh, the same scene and it's a shot. Like if you don't remind yourself, if you don't pace yourself, you're, you're not gonna be successful. So the working actors, the people who do this for a living, that's what they have. It's not just the acting part of it, no. but they have the technical know-how and they have the experience on how to be on set. All of that stuff is just learning, learning, learning. This is it. And so, you know, to bring it back, this idea of like, just be yourself. I'm like, yes. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if people talk a lot about the other thing. I'm like, but it's not, though. Because yeah. like we just said, there's like, and, it, and it's kind of unspoken. Like, you just know. Like, yeah, well, okay. Well, then, you know, I'll go on set. And the, the complaints uh, American directors have with Canadians is typically that we don't have as many hours on set as Americans, so we're kind of bumbling around. Now, I've been sure to take care of that by doing the student films, by doing my own projects. My resume ain't great, but I've had some time, right? Uh, and it's like, what's the framing? What's the shot? Like, how are we? I mean, what are we who's, who's in the scene? Like, what are they doing? So there's all these little tiny things that we kind of take for granted. And you're right. You just have to do it to learn. Right, yeah. to but it is interesting. It's like just be yourself, but not right. Yeah. Be yourself, but seventy-five percent. So yeah. I think that's where the craft really comes in. Yeah. Right, and I and again, this like you said earlier, there's a like for example, opera. 
Opera is different as a performance style because there are like three things that are objective, that mm -hmm. are actual measures. Uh, are you on pitch? Mm -hmm. Can you be heard? Mm -hmm. uh, and what, you know, what's your color? The color of your voice. Okay, mm -hmm. so so these will determine where you fit and and sort of what kind of career you're gonna have. Uh, so and there might be one more. I might be forgetting. So the opera people don't be too pissed, but you get the idea. But there are actual objective hurdles here. For acting, there isn't, because it's one of those things that's like, I know it when I see it, and that's really all there is. And, it, you, you, and that's why I encourage people, if you're gonna go, go through the hands of many different teachers, because every actor is their own organism and has their own style and their own steps of getting there. For you, visualization's a big part, right? Which is great, and I'm, I'm also a visualizer. Uh, and in fact, there's evidence to suggest that visual, visual, like, sorry, visualization stimulates the same neurons. I know, not like neuron, neuron talk all over the place, but it's important. It, you can, you can actually, your brain is operating as if it's doing the thing, and they've even found resonances in muscles involved. Yeah. So visualizing, and again, I think all the top athletes do this. Mm -hmm. It is rehearsing. Mm -hmm. Like you, it's like a little like a what a proto version of rehearsal so the more and i find personally you talk about shaping a role let's talk about that and if you don't mind me hijacking this interview no, no this is a conversation so absolutely so i find that when i get to work on characters that i really love <clears throat> you know as time goes on you develop a bunch of stock characters you're like okay i'm going out for cop number one you're like i'm a lawyer here today and so you, you know you have like a thing like okay you got the box you, you put it out there like look i have three lines or one line or five lines or six or whatever i'm not the lead of the show i'm just here to move the story right you keep the choices to a relative minimum yep but and this happens a little more in stage perhaps but you know if you have a role i find that I mean, it sounds dumb to say, but thinking about it, mm -hmm. not just the lines, but thinking about it, like you, you talked about, you know, mm -hmm. what did I do? What would happen if I went here? And so you've, you embark on this journey of, of visualization that shapes it for you. And that's when you make what we call the discoveries, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the discoveries is like, it's like something you're saying or hearing for the first time ever, which is all very exciting because that's how it has to be, right? You don't want to sound rehearsed. That is also weird, right, as an actor. I don't know if people talk about that much, but I'm like, that's a weird thing. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's not, you know, and that's not what you would do, right? You're like, oh, bing, you got to discover it. And you have to find a way to make it clear that it's a discovery without being like, boy, <laughs> I just figured that out now, right? Mm -hmm. And then doing it again and again and again. Mm -hmm. like the, the thing with, again, the 12-hour days on set, you'll have a scene in the morning, you're, you know, it's just like a whatever fluff, you're like walking. And if you're yep. nice, it's nice and you have like an emotional scene, for some reason, they always put that at the end of the damn day. Yep. Or no, actually, it's worse. They put it first thing in the morning. <laughs> first yep. thing in the morning, you roll out of bed 5 a.m. being like, oh, why am I doing this? And you get there. And maybe, you know what, maybe they put it at the top and bottoms because you're already volatile from being tired. Yep. But you have to do it. That scene between setups, right? They're like, okay, we're going to get this. And you got to be there for your scene partner. So it's finding the stamina, yeah. uh, shaping it, and also like knowing that it's you, but it's not. There's like that's where the craft is. Yeah. Uh, 
and I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people do talk about it, but yeah. it's, uh, that's, I think, I, I don't know. How, how do you teach that? How would you teach that? I mean, if you're, wow. if you're going to get a kid who's 19 and you pause yeah. right now being like, uh, I want to do this. What would you tell them? Uh, it's not about you. It's about, uh, the other person. So that's the first thing that I would teach them because it took me a while and not until I started uh, learning Meisner that I really understood what it meant. And I'm like, why the fuck was I not doing this in the first place? Because that's how I normally am, right? Because that's what makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at you, right? You're, you're relaxed and I perceive because I'm an empath. I get information. So the way, uh, the way that my reaction is going to be, the way that I feel, uh, the energy uh, between us, it's all based on you. And I can just be the receptor of it. And then everything is going to be different. Every take is going to be different because something is going to be different. Then it gets more complicated. Uh, Joanna Vanderham, uh, who I absolutely adore. She's an incredible actress. Uh, I was asking her the question because watching Warrior, one of my favorite shows, plug Warrior. Everybody, please go watch it on HBO Max. Uh, the, watching her being surprised. I just, I, it's, it's like a brain acting orgasm for me uh, because I know that's not the first take. So that may be, I don't know, maybe 16th uh, take and she's still surprised. How like, and I asked her the question, how are you so, how can you do this? How can you be so surprised and so moved? And then she threw another thing that I didn't even anticipate. She's like, yeah, on top of that, when you're doing extreme close-ups, you're not, you don't have the other person to react to because you just have the camera. I'm like, shit, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, yeah, so the way that she does it, uh, aside from just being incredibly talented and, uh, and trained, uh, she remembers and she imagines, she remembers kind of the, the face and the facial features and, of the person that she's supposed to be talking to. And then that's where the imagination kind of work uh, melds into it. So the first thing that I would tell to the people is it's not about you in the scene, it's about the other person. Uh, and focus on them because off of that, everything is going to start playing. So that's the first thing, right? Here's what I'd add to that though, just before yeah. we continue. So yes, but, Having been around the block a few times, sometimes you are opposite a uh, yeah. fact, okay? Yeah. And the, the film thing is a good point. Sometimes the, the cast will step off if yep. it's not the coverage. So it is good, absolutely listen, but yeah. at a certain point you will be screwed if it's... So, you know, developing the next step, of course, of being... And this is where your visualization is so damned helpful. And yeah. same for auditions, you know, a lot, a lot of readers are actors, but they're not really, because they don't want to steal it, right? Yeah. So in a lot of ways, as an actor, yes, you must listen. And it's such a, and it's amazing, because after a while, not cynical, but you're like, okay. And you're just used to kind of people phoning it in. And then you do get an actor who's with you, and you're like, oh, wow. And it yeah. does, it makes your life so much easier. Yeah. But it's like these these scenarios which i think are more common than not depending on where you fit in of course if you're a lead you're going to have more time with your co-stars but if you're a daily player which will you know a lot of actors are going to be 
director doesn't talk to you very much. The leads are generally very nice, but like the leads save it because they have a long day, long blocks. So you gotta gotta be your own fire. Just throwing mm -hmm. that in there. Um, mm -hmm. And also, there's one other thing I wanted to add. Interestingly, she was talking about the surprise thing, and it made me think. There's a bunch of data that suggests that uh, even making the faces of emotions actually triggers an emotion in people, oh, right? Yes. So Absolutely. it's like it's like a two-way street. So you can kind of get from inside out, but sometimes just doing the thing itself yes. will spark it. Just as any actors out there who are developing, if you can't find the fire inside right away, try mm -hmm. aping it and then see where that leads. Just throwing it. Okay. So number one, listen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Listen. And yeah. and listen. And how can you serve your scene partner? Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Okay. And what would you tell them next? The the second thing is again visualization, right? So uh, uh, we we live in an imaginary world uh, when we're acting. So the part of being present in that imaginary world is actually living in it, mm -hmm. right? So you don't need to be drowning or imagine that you're drowning and causing yourself incredible stress and physical harm, but <laughs> you need to imagine that you're at least swimming, right? Yes. So uh, you need to be immersed in it enough uh, because your brain knows what's real and what's not, but it likes to play. Think of it in a, as, as a dream, right? We're, we're in an active dream state where things are happening that we know are not real, but we kind of feel like it's real. So that's, that's where you have to be. So you have to be in a scene with the other person. You have to be influenced by everything that's going on. You have to listen and be really active uh, participant in it. And then you have to imagine. So the imagination is that secondary thing that's incredibly important. Like I am the, you know, I'm the guy that uh, picks up on energy. I'm the guy that's uh, very visual. So for me, that part works. And if I'm not getting anything from the other person, the imagination steps in and you just kind of place uh, on top of that person somebody that gives you something and then you work with that yeah exactly so, yeah oh uh, and i one of the quotes uh, like uh, on on instagram i do acting quotes uh, all the time from other actors and i don't remember exactly who said it i need to find it but like the the gist of it was if the person you're playing against uh is you know a block then you paint something on it That's then, good. <laughs> it's it's basically you have to it's your job as an actor to do it because that's a part of your professionalism that's a part of your uh, process so yeah. those are two things and then let me sorry let me ask a question here about you um so uh i think i'm fairly imaginative and i, I suspect you'd say the same of yourself yeah and you know we were both young kids dreaming of being actors so there's a lot of dreams there yeah um did you ever find yourself in school kind of drifting off into like your own little reveries all the time? Eh? So, and what did you find stoked your imagination? Like what got the, the pistons firing, if you will? Uh, yeah. So things that improved it or things that opened it. Do you remember any of those things? It's hard because we were young, but is there anything you can pinpoint? I, uh, so it's a two part answer, right? So from okay. the acting perspective, I'll come to it as a second part. The, but as a kid, it's anything so i was i really loved and uh i think da vinci was uh, was was doing that too is he was kind of doodling right and he would just draw a bunch of uh, lines that for no particular reason and then he tried to 
see what is in those lines, right? When the same way that we're looking at clouds and then shapes start to appear and present themselves. Uh, so I would do that and I would lose myself in it. Like I'm doing it now and then I see, uh, you know, from these doodles for no particular reason, it's just, you know, kind of drawing some stuff out. I'm like, well, that looks like a sail of a, of a ship. Right, or that looks like a um, you know a leaf of a vegetable. This particular you one. That? Yeah. Can you hold that first? Right. Oh, this thing down. This so you so you just randomly drew those. Yeah, just randomly drew for no particular reason. Whatever is uh, you know this is kind of the subconscious uh, thing. So I would I would drift away into that, and then the imagination fills it in. Right. So it fills in the piece or somebody would you know a teacher would say something and then uh in the music class right you're listening to music and the music just takes you somewhere so yeah. that would be a trigger so classical music again i you know i went through my elementary education and middle education in uh, the former soviet union so you know classical music was a part of the curriculum from uh, almost day one and that puts you in a completely kind of a different state and you drift off somewhere so those were the pieces that I remember for sure. And then as an actor, the uh, the imagination part, I thought, because I'm also a writer, so imagination, I thought, should be so easy for me as an actor. But it wasn't. Not until, and, and I realized why, because I was putting myself into the, well, that would be acceptable and this would not be acceptable. And it took me just getting to a point where I don't give a fuck and I'm going to do whatever comes to me at that particular moment. The way for things to stay fresh is for you not to be a robot and for you to be open to whatever comes in. I remember doing a scene which I completely loved and that was one of the reasons why I passed, you know, one of my theater classes. Now, uh, uh that, you know, they didn't know whether they were going to get me to the next level because they said you you're still in your head. And then I went into a scene and, you know, the person was setting up a party and um, I just decided, you know what, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do whatever comes to mind and I'm not going to think about it and I'm not going to try to uh, judge it as it comes and decide what I do after it. I'm just going to do it uh, again, as long as everything is safe and you're not, you know, trying to. Yeah, you're not swinging weapons around or doing random fight choreo. Yes. I mean, it, it's a, I, to interject, it mm -hmm. sounds crazy to say that, but actually, no. Like there are some actors like you must yeah. not right. go past those boundaries. I know it's all cool, but you can't be around just slapping people without talking to them first, right? Don't don't invade somebody's uh, you know personal space. Like yeah. focus on a very simple rule of thumb. Don't be a dick. <laughs> well, or, look, it sounds obvious, but that has a, that to me. I'm like, well, depends on your uh, okay, your fine. threshold. Like, I don't mind uh, people challenging my political views, for example. I'm like, yeah, go for it. Some people yeah. find that incredibly offensive. So it's like, uh, that's why, it, the, do the check-in with your scene partner. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I actually did a, 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 I was like a, a commander on Handmaids uh, recently. So I'll be on that, uh, which is nice. Yeah, was, I, I think they, they cut out all my lines or whatever, but, uh, you know. It was a good day, but there was a, an intimate-ish scene. There's like this party, and I don't want to give away too many spoilers because they'll kill me. Uh, <laughs> they're actually, to, to be honest, they were a wonderful production, very accommodating. Uh, I had a great time. 
but it was like there's some dancing you know which i didn't like but there was an attractive girl there and we were like okay we just met on the day right and we all like wearing our masks because it's hyper covid and then i'm like okay well they kind of want this here's what i'm gonna so we kind of chatted through it and it was okay and so always talk first but sorry i didn't mean to interject so in that case you were like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna do what i want i'm gonna go for it yeah, yeah. And you did yeah uh, so what i did and it surprised the heck out of me and that's the discovery part right so what i did is you know i'm walking in i have no particular thing right i'm i'm there i'm just uh i'm walking in with my own thought before i walk into the scene but that's about it and the rest is just we're gonna figure it out uh the person wants something for me i don't know what that is so i need to figure that out they're setting up a scene they look like they're being upset uh, i'm trying to figure out it's like you know why are you upset what's happening then I decide, well, they're setting up. I'm gonna help them, uh, you know, decorate. Then I see that they're setting up a table, and on the table there's, you know, lettuce leaves, there's some cake, there's some other stuff. So, you know, I'm setting up, and I'm like, yeah, a thought comes in. I'm just, I'm grabbing a lettuce leaf, and I start eating it as I'm talking to the person. <laughs> um, and I'm like, yeah, it feels completely natural. That's the first thing that came to mind. I'm doing it, and the person got affected by it, so that made the scene more interested. And people are like. Ooh, where is this going? I have no idea where this is going. We're just going to see where it goes. And then the next thought that comes into my mind is I want cake. So I grab a piece of cake. I have salad and a, you know, a leaf in one hand. I have a piece of cake in the other. The audience goes like, no. <laughs> so I stuff the cake into my mouth with the lettuce. The whole thing just, it became alive. And I felt so in that particular scene because i was completely out of my head i was just being yeah. so as an actor uh, are told to don't act just be, be. Mm -hmm. i understood what that meant and what being meant to me was get out of your head be fully present whatever uh, comes into your mind do now, if we have lines, if we have particular blocking, we need to do that. But still, you have to be that within mm -hmm. it. And then it becomes real. And then it becomes something interesting for people to watch. Yeah, free. So, uh, and to that, there's the second part of the question I want to get to from you. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, for a lot of young actors, it's hard because, like, for example, I think one of the best ways to get over yourself is to watch yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of actors, and even listening, same thing with voiceover, like every, almost every human, they see themselves like, oh, Jesus, no. Or they hear themselves like, really? Yeah. And I, I think it's important to get there because you eventually, like you say, you stop giving the fuck. Because it's a weird thing. If you were to think every day, you know, while you're walking on the street, like your, you know, your, your posture, it would be hell. And this is yeah. what I can sort of is like people are watching me, right? And it's subconscious. And obviously, as you get older and you develop, and if it's in you, you will shed that. But the thing to understand is like, you're just going to have to watch yourself. Just watch yourself and then watch yourself fuck up. And that'll cure you, right? Yeah. Just watch it. You're like, I can't watch it. No, no, watch, 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 because then you can learn. You're like, oh, my eye's doing this or whatever. Like, no one notices. But there'll be other things you might notice. Like, why does it look like? My spine is a metal rod. Like, well, there's something you might want to work on, right? Okay. So, uh, visualization, imagination. Yeah. And is there anything else? Because here's the thing. So, not everyone, you know, is as imaginative inherently as other people. And you're a writer too. 
as am I. And I think this, and I, just another another uh, sliver in this conversation, mm-hmm. that sense of being everything is the writer, right? Yeah. So let's put a pin in that because I think that'll be interesting to talk about too. So have you, did you find anything in your experience? Because you said the conversion from writing to acting. Yeah. Uh, you're very good at this camera thing. I'm still figuring it out. Uh, this imaginative situation. Did you find there was any exercise or experience that you had that suddenly helped improve your actor imagination? There's like a horn yeah. ceremony in the summit thing here. So talk a bit about that if you have anything. The, absolutely, because uh, it kind of it just unlocked uh, that part of my brain, and then I was ready to write a novel because it was so interesting. Was it this this particular experience that just popped yeah. the brain off? In class, uh, but it was not this particular scene. So what they basically said is that, listen, uh, you know, start with a thought and then uh, come up with a backstory for why, right? So um, what I did is, you know, my thought is, uh, okay, you start kind of looking at, you start feeling, before you walk into the room, you start feeling like, okay, what do I feel like right now? Uh, I feel nervous. Why am I feeling nervous? I feel nervous because, and then imagination starts kicking in. I feel nervous because I just witnessed an accident outside. Shit, and that accident, man, is that man okay? What happened to that man? I saw that, oh my God, that leg, ooh, this is gonna be a serious injury. But why did that happen? And then whole thing starts filling in. And as soon as you kind of click into it, and then boom, imagination takes over, and then the writing takes over, and then you're like, okay. But what happened was that man, uh, the reason why it happened, and the reason this driver wasn't paying attention, and it's because that light uh, uh, you know, didn't work and you had the flickering here, and then the whole universe starts creating. So my imagination as an actor uh, was never in, I'm looking at the lines, I'm trying to learn my lines, I'm trying to understand the character. None of the imagination just didn't come into it, and I couldn't figure out why it didn't feel real and why like that piece was missing. And it came in only as I started saying, why what happened and then boom everything came in so that why uh and that's that's the other thing to uh to tell actors is whatever backstory whatever you have that's in the script create more because that's when you're going to start filling in so many gaps and you're going to see this person and this person is serious or their you know their daughter just died uh and some of you are going to go to, well, I have a daughter. I can imagine that. Yeah, that'll work for you for some takes. It's not going to work for all of the takes because your emotions and uh, the ability to access them, it's not going to be fresh all the time. But imagination will. And imagination will flow through you just asking why. That's interesting. Let's explore that. And that's that's kind of where you're coming into it. Of I just want to play. I want to experience it. I want to think it through. And then your neurons start firing and you're creating this whole other world. And then it's so much easier to be in it and to be because you've created this whole place and you know your way around. So it's that's the fun part of it. I don't have to worry about, okay, now I have to think it through and break everything down. That's tedious and you're not going to enjoy it. Just ask the question why and go from there. Yeah, that's great. And it, um, it makes me think of ways of doing it. Uh, I'm trying to remember my experience. I remember 
I was always told like you should be like this. I was like, okay, I sensed that there was something people were after to improve me, of course. Right. And it wasn't until I had understanding of it. And this is the hard thing, especially for young actors. There's so many frames of reference that one accumulates over time and experience. Now, you will find that some particularly precocious actors at a very young age are predisposed for temperamental reasons or have had very uh, specific life conditions that can sort of facilitate uh, an uh, acceleration of experience, which we don't all have access to. So I'm sitting here thinking like, I can tell it's, you know, and the writer, you too. For example, let's say we had a script, right? Mm -hmm. We had, you know, we had a scene or whatever. And we're like, ah, oh, but Jim actually is, uh, he lost his brother when he was six years old. You're like, oh crap, I gotta go through and make like, through you know a ton of little tweaks that do, 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 right so we see that and instantly go down the line i think uh, and that's like i think that takes uh, honing right so for a young actor hearing this like oh my god i can't i can't make this world am i gonna fail and i say to them i'm like no but here's helpful too right so you were talking earlier about substitution what i do right and it's like you know you ask a 17 year old what would you do if your parents died in a horrible car crash like uh, it's not that they couldn't imagine it per se but it's like i mean that's a tough one now again you can get by like put some tears on there like whatever will spank you make you upset whatever the hell it is right okay we can get by but fundamentally yeah but if you don't find that perhaps these things come easily to you then you just pilfer right mm -hmm. you take so you take other people's experiences, yeah. right? And, and this is a good way of, and this is why I'm always, and this is what I'm doing to you, but it's also like, I think it's really helpful to ask other people about their experiences. Hence right? the point you yeah, show. Yeah. Your entire gig, right? You're like, ah, bang. So you're you're obviously on the train here, but it, it, for those that like, it might not be obvious, but it's finding a way. And it's not just like, there's the things like, oh, um, you know, how do you technically do this? But I find that if you ask people about their lives and it's like outside of it, right? Like you say things like, yeah, it, it starts silly, but it, it can get real fun. But it's like, what's, what was, what's your favorite memory from, you know, this year, mm -hmm. right? Or like, what, what about that? If you can find ways to go there. And again, people don't always have the answers, but the way we spin the response, I think is very helpful. And the more of those you can acquire, I think you can start to put them in like as a, as an actor, even still like you see a show and mm -hmm. you watch something that an actor did. You're like, Oh, that's good. Oh, I like that. And I remember one of my favorite ones was, uh, and it's tiny and it's from Lord of the Rings and uh, Sir Ian McKellen, who's, I love him. He was Gandalf. And it's when he came back again, this is very old. So spoilers, forget it. Uh, but he comes back from being Gandalf the great, Gandalf the white. Yeah. And it's like he was reborn. Mm -hmm. And then he says, but I'm Gandalf the White. Like he says it like it's a dirty little secret, mm -hmm. right? Like a child being like, but this? And I was like, that's brilliant. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. It's so tiny, but I'm like, what a choice. And how does he get there and so forth? So you watch those master actors yeah. and try to, What's retroactively like? What, 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 what do you call it when you uh, move back? Uh, retroactively construct how they got there. 
And yeah. these are like little exercises because it's like we say, have imagination. Yeah, yeah. How do you do it? So I think these are some ways that you can actually practice it because it does get easier. And the fear is, look, if I suck at this, that means it's never going to be easy for me. Like, no. no. Okay. I'm never going to be able to swim like Michael Phelps. It's not going to happen. He's a mutant. And like mm -hmm. he has weird things where lactic acid only builds up at a third of the rate as normal human beings. Mm -hmm. But I can still be a damn good swimmer. Now, again, acting ain't swimming. Right. So you, you don't have to be Michael Phelps. But the more you exercise a faculty, the stronger it gets, which is why you should always try 100 percent effort. Always put it in. It won't be there at the beginning. But as you go, the boundary gets further and further and further. OK, yeah. So that the imagination thing, I think those are some and you probably read a lot, too. Right. Not as much as I need to, but uh, well, you're, you're talking to actors, but again, like, yeah, and again, that's the thing. I don't mean to shame anybody, you don't have to read a trillion books here, that's not what I mean. But it's another one of those things that's helpful for getting in someone's mind. That's all right. It's another yeah. avenue. This is my vehicle, so I, I learn by osmosis. Yeah, well, look, and everyone's a different learner, too. Some people are auditory. You mentioned that you're visual. Uh, participation is also huge. I learned. And I'm trying to find ways to work that into contemporary performance. Um, it's it's kind of a bigger question, but yeah. involvement, especially with learning, goes a long way. Like, and this is why I do do do. I just finished teaching a voiceover course uh, at the end of last year, and uh, and I was just like, in the booth, in the booth, in the booth, do it, do it, do it, do it. And those who did their homework, mm -hmm. uh, they came out on top. So, uh, do it. Um, okay. So. Let's let's yeah. do uh, because I'm looking I'm looking at the clock and uh, we've uh, we've had this conversation which you and I can go for another hour and a half uh, very simply and enjoy every moment of it. But for those watching, let's <laughs> let's let's, let's uh, uh, wrap up with something and then we'll have you back for another one so we right. we can continue on. So uh, I I wanted for people to enjoy uh, the singing part of your repertoire okay. uh, if you're open to it sure uh, me being uh and you know i i'm i'm in the tenor you know maybe bar <clears throat> maybe baritone sometimes i wake up and i i sound much deeper and then i my favorite joke is there's berry white and there is berry white oh um, shoot <laughs> yes. so that's that's my favorite you know i want to be a tenor Tenors, huh? make, tenors make way more money and they get way more love interests. So yeah. fight for tenor, I'm telling you. That's where it's at. Sounds good. Now I only have to learn how to sing well. Um, that's but, time. I know some people. Yes. Yeah, we will talk offline. So uh, there, are a couple of, uh, there are a couple of songs that I love that, are, that sound great with bass. And okay. I, I do them, you know, myself, uh, uh, not very well, but I enjoy it. So I would like for somebody who actually knows how to do them <clears throat> to do them. So uh, would you mind or would you be open to doing either Summertime or uh, 16 Tons? Um, you know, whichever, whichever you like, or at least a part of it. I'd have to hear it. I'd have to hear them. Um, so Summertime. You... Yeah. I, you sing it to me, I'll sing it back. Here we go. We'll we'll be participatory here. We'll we'll do a duet. 
<laughs> okay, I apologize to everybody watching this. My wife will not be watching it, and if she is, she's probably cringing just even thinking. <laughs> be more supportive. <laughs> Summertime. That was horrible. And the living easy. Summertime. And the living is easy. Fish are jumping and the cotton is high. Things are jumping and the cotton is high. Your daddy's rich and your ma is good looking. Your dad is rich, and your mommy's good looking. So hush, little baby, don't you cry. So hush, little baby, don't you cry. Very cool. All right, I mean, so we get all the modulations, but it's rough, a rough approximation. <laughs> yeah. and let, let's do 16 tons. Uh, so 16 tons was, I don't know, 19, 1950s or something. No, that's not true. 1960s. So somewhere in there. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Cash, I think, was, uh, was 16 tons. Um, uh, how does it start? Uh, uh, man, man made... I'm going to look up the, the start. Yeah, do it. Do it. I know the chorus. I need to look up the start. 16 tons. Uh, 16 tons lyrics. There we are. Oh. <clears throat> Some people say a man is made out of mud. All men's made out of muscle and blood. Muscle and blood and skin and bones, a mind that's weak and the back that's strong. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can go. I owe my soul to the company store. Right, give, me the, give me the 16 tons thing. Uh, two lines at a time, we'll, we'll give it a shot. Well, uh, I think maybe it's easier for for you to uh, to grab it. Uh, so look it up. Oh. So you, have, you? Okay. I I don't know the melody. I'm bad at this. It's like all my listening has been classical for years. I'm, I have a weird like eclectic thing of music where it's like you don't know that. I'm like, no. Yeah. Well, yeah, I like you singing to me though. I like you singing to me. Thank you. Uh, so it's uh, it was actually done by Tennessee uh, Ernie Ford first, and then you know Johnny Cash uh, did his own version of it. So um, you load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older. Right, sing it to me. You gotta sing it to me. We'll, I'll sing, we'll do a sing and recall. Yeah, sing, sing back. Yeah. You load 16 tons. What do you get? You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can go. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. I owe my soul to the company store. 
Yeah, so uh, here's here's uh, your homework if you want to do it. Uh, grab, grab that song, record it, and we're gonna we're gonna plug okay. it in uh, okay. if, if you want to. But these are these are great uh, great songs. You know, summertime is 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 fabulous. Uh, I think I your dog. Yeah, my dog obviously sees somebody outside. So uh, yeah. Oh, I thought it was from my crooning. Uh, oh, sorry. Did you say something said, about my dog? I said I thought I pissed off your dog with my crooning. No, 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 no. My dog loves crooning uh, because I do it all the time, as you can hear, not very well. But uh, I don't say yourself sure. Huh? I'd love to hear you in a tenor thing, though. Okay, how's this? You send me those songs, and okay. uh, what's a great like? Do you do rock? I do. So you prefer, uh, like, uh, like musical theater. Yeah, I well, I I love crooners. Uh, I love musical theater, and uh, I find that my vocal quality. And I'm going to uh, do a terrible job at insulting somebody who's brilliant at at singing that everybody knows. But Neil Diamond, when mm -hmm. I when I do Neil Diamond, it for at least to me it sounds very similar. Now, obviously, he knows how to sing. I am not good at it, but the vocal quality sounds uh, similar like uh you know love on the rocks uh you know or coming to america like i i sing whatever whatever tone or note that is in or whatever key that's in that works well for me some things that like um uh, my goodness uh <sighs> love right lov um uh, and um um, um, chestnuts roasting in an open fire. Uh, Nat King Cole, like mm -hmm. Nat King Cole. Um, so I do those, uh, you know, fairly well. So I don't know again what key. I, I have no idea what I'm talking about. But <laughs> those those things I I can handle better than others. Let's put it. Great. Well, okay. You, you send me those ones, and for the next one, you can have one of those ready. And I'll have 16 tons ready for you. Sounds good. You got yeah. it. Um, uh, so which one will I do? I'll do uh, Love on the Rocks. All right. It's a date. The musical date. I like it. All right. Um, well, so we got to be. We won't get nailed for copyright stuff, will we? If we do too no. much of that. Okay. No. Might have to be a cappella. Yeah, and we're we're gonna say you know who it is. All we're doing is just you know. Uh, so YouTube can be pretty harsh about that stuff, but yeah, we're just having a good time. Shouldn't be a problem. I I'm just doing an injustice to uh, amazing singers, so that's that's what I'm doing here. Well, uh, that's what they get for being so high and mighty, right? Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, it's it's been a joy talking to you. It's it's nice to talk shop. It's nice to talk craft. It's nice to talk to other actors and just geek out. And that's that's uh, one of the reasons why I really wanted to have the show. So thank you for giving me that experience. Yeah, so thanks for sharing. Show, uh, sorry, thank you for sharing so much of your own. Uh, you can tell I'm getting tired. The tongue's getting thick. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing with us all that stuff about you, too. It's been pretty insightful. And it's nice to hear that, you know, the trajectories are similar. And we're mm -hmm. all sort of finding the same things. And it's like, ah, just finding different ways of communicating them so they're accessible to all. Perfect. Okay, bye, everybody. Thank you so much for enduring an hour and 40 minutes of me gabbing, and uh, have a great week. Yeah, thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. Take care. Bye.